Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and today we are diving into a study of spiritual principles that'll be these ideas that surround each and every step. We don't have to blow the dust off any of our books, or maybe we should blow the dust off all of our books and get started with this. Today, we're going to talk about the spiritual idea of hope. And one of the things that is so important to do when we come across these ideas of hope, especially words like hope, is we define it. Because if I say, give me a pocket full of hope, right? It says I'm to share my experience, strength, and hope. How do I share my hope? How do I do it? I, I don't have any to give away anyway. I'm hopeless. It appears I'm hopeless. My pockets are empty of hope. No, that's not the case at all. So if we give hope a definition, we have a chance of communicating this maybe a little bit better and easier. So for the sake of this discussion, we're going to use this definition. The desire in the present time, the desire right now in this moment, that something will be different in the future. The desire right now in the moment, that something will be different in the future. I'm thinking right now that I'm new to recovery. Maybe this is you. I'm new to AA, and I believe that I can achieve these things those people in those meetings say I can achieve. Hope. The desire in the present that something in the future will be different. I believe right now that the guy I'm working with, I just met a newcomer, that in spite of the fact that he's got these astonishingly difficult problems, that he too can recover. I believe in the moment that something's going to be different in the future. And if you take that definition and throw it in the word hope into our literature, it seems to work out really, really good. One of the resources I use for this type of thing is a thing called 164andmore.com. That's 164andmore.com. And that takes our literature and really brings it alive in a different way, in more like a, a verse chapter sort of way. So it's, remember, none of this stuff is in context when you find it in there, but it will help you take a word like hope and see it in the sentences that it's used in, and it'll take you to that particular place, like a page number or a PDF of that particular step, and then you can read it in context. So a lot of today's ideas are coming from 164andmore.com, and I would strongly encourage you to find that website and get involved with that. Anyway, back to hope. Hope is something that is what they call esoteric. It's an outside idea, but it lives inside of us. Hope is an emotional state, a framework of mind. Hope is naturally optimistic. Hope demands and commands and allows us the ability to persevere and persist during difficult times. It sounds so flimsy and it's sort of like mystical. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe for some of us, it sounds almost like a religious term. What it really is, what hope is, is a very strong starting point to achieve a particular goal. Hope is the requirement of recovery, that honesty, willingness, open-mindedness, and humility are built on. Because if you don't have hope that you can achieve it, well, then you won't get there. It's so, so important. And I love the idea of hope. I love the idea that right now, right now in this moment, I can think of how something's going to be different in the future and then aim myself that way. Now, where does this hope come from? Well, it comes from other things, other people. It comes from the knowledge that what I'm dreaming about, the thing that I imagine, can in fact happen. And that's what sharing our hope is about. When one alcoholic helps another, they create hope 
in each other. And in our, in our forward to the third edition, it says each day somewhere in the world, recovery begins. It just begins. Step one, when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. They share. What did I do? My experience, strength, how I did it. Hope, the outcome. They share what I do, how I did it, and this was the outcome. What did I do? How I did it? This is the outcome. So when I sit back and I have a desire in the present time that something be different in the future, and and I got to go find that right there. I got to go find what I am to do, right? And what the outcome will be and who has already done it. Who already knows the path? Because that's the path. Giving me the path, me giving the path to somebody else, me saying here, here's what you do. That is sharing the hope and the hope must have with it the experience. What did I do? Strength, how I did it. What did I do and how I did it are the foundation that gives somebody the hope, the outcome to anticipate if they do it also. So as we get into this, it's got to be contrasted with another thing. And for us in AA, the hopelessness of alcoholism is pretty profound for a lot of us. We get into astonishingly difficult troubles, it tells us in our book. And it's really outlined well on pages 26 and 27. So I wanted to just use this for a second to go over the idea of hopelessness. Another word for that is despair. And so it starts off on 26. It says, a certain American businessman had ability, good sense, and high character. That defines a lot of us. For years, he had floundered from one sanitarium to another. You know, for us today, that might be a rehab to another, or you've picked up dozens of white chips or none at all, or you've thought about you needed to have some sort of help to solve your problem with alcohol or drugs, but you decided, nah, not right now. He had consulted the best-known American psychiatrist. Then he had gone to Europe, placing himself in the care of a celebrated physician, the psychiatrist Dr. Carl Jung, who prescribed for him. Though experience had made him skeptical, he finished his treatment with unusual confidence. He had hope. He went to the doctor. The doctor gave him a pathway because the doctor had experience. He had seen what people had done and he had strength. He had helped people on how to do it. So he shared some level of hope. But let's listen to how this ends for the alcoholic. Though experience had made him skeptical, he finished his treatment with unusual confidence. We would call that today perhaps pride or resting on our laurels. His physical and mental condition were unusually good. Above all, he believed he had acquired such a profound knowledge of the inner workings of his mind and his hidden springs that relapse was unthinkable, that self-sufficiency, self-knowledge, and self-reliance were about to save his butt from relapse. Nevertheless, even with all that, even knowing all those things, he was drunk in a short time, more baffling still, more confusing, more indescribable, more incomprehensible still. He could give himself no satisfactory explanation for his fall. So there's certain types of hope that are like false for us alcoholics that might be excellent for other people. And that's because we have the spiritual malady that creates that inside of that, 
is this obsession and this craving that draws us back when we rely on ourselves. We must have a power greater than ourselves in order to do this. So he returned to this doctor whom he admired and asked him point blank why he could not recover. He wished above all things. He wanted this, right? He was willing to do anything. He wanted this. He wished above all things to regain self-control. In our steps, that's step 10. Self-restraint is the essence of the 10th step. Hmm, self-control. He seemed quite rational and well-balanced with respect to other problems, yet he had no control whatever over alcohol. Why was this? Oh my gosh, right? How frustrating for us. I've got to quit. I've got court tomorrow. I can't go to my probation appointment drunk. Well, you know what? Uh, maybe, maybe if I just have a drink or two, I can calm down and that'll be all right. And I'll brush my teeth real good and I'll like eat at McDonald's or something. Or I'll go eat a, a hot dog or something, right? I'll do something. I'll put a bunch of onions at the gas station on a hot dog and they won't smell it. I'll just smell like fermented onions. <laughs> something like that, right? Why was this? He begged the doctor to tell him the whole truth and he got it. In the doctor's judgment, he was utterly hopeless. There was no experience the doctor had to share. There was no way to do this the doctor could give him. There was no how to do it the doctor could give him. Consequently, no hope, no desire in the moment that the future could be different. Hmm. He could never regain his position in society and he would have to place himself under lock and key or hire a bodyguard if he expected to live long. This was the great physician's opinion. But this man still lives and is a free man. He's free of alcohol. He's free of this obsession. He's free of those cravings. He's free of this aberrant behavior. He's free of those curious mental blank spots that have us just jump off a cliff. He's free of it. He does not need a bodyguard, nor is he confined. He can go anywhere on this earth where other free men may go without disaster, provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. And we learn later in our literature that simple attitude is the maintenance of a spiritual way of life, maintenance of a spiritual condition, that there's a certain framework of thinking, feeling, and acting that when we're in it, we are actually recovered and we are immune to the effects of alcohol. We are immune to the idea of craving. We do not get tempted. Indeed, we can see how we can add to the party. We try to be a jovial, happy part of whatever we might be a part of. Some of our alcoholic readers may think they can do without spiritual help. Some of the people in AA come in and they're going to work the 12 steps without the God thing, right? I'm going to do it without the God thing. I don't need the God thing. Hmm. Let us tell you the rest of the conversation our friend had with his doctor. Remember Carl Jung, the most prominent physician on planet Earth in regards to things like this, a psychiatrist. This is what he said. The doctor said, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. Is that you? Can you be rigorously honest with yourself and say, Hey, I've got the mind of a chronic alcoholic, if in fact that is you. The doctor says, I have never seen, I have never seen, maybe except one, nope, I have never seen one single case recover where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Let's go back. I've never 
never seen it happen. I've never seen it happen where that state of mind existed. State of mind so important. The framework of mind is the key to the whole thing. Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. He was hopeless. He said to the doctor, is there no exception? Yes, replied the doctor, there is. Exceptions to such cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. In our program, we talk about that as being sufficient enough to change our personalities. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. I don't know. From a scientific standpoint, they are not explainable. There's no explanation. They are occurrences that are a phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. What's interesting about that is in other literature, Carl Jung and this other guy, William James, they talk about that idea of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements as being changes in thinking and personality that are permanent and happen in a moment. Now, we know that some of these are volitional or through education and experience or through time, and that moment may be a year long or two years long. They do, in fact, come. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. In the psychology world, they don't believe that this actually happens, right? There's nothing that changes the personality that isn't matching these types of things. It's got to be major. He goes on. In fact, I have been trying to produce some such emotional rearrangement within you. With many individuals, the methods which I employed are successful, but I have never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. And then it says, that's a little star there. It says to see Appendix 2, which is the appendix on our spiritual experience. Hope. That's hopelessness. That's how we arrive without any hope. And the only way I get hope, the only way I can get this thing called hope, the only way is when someone shares it with me. And then I'm talking about relative to alcoholism. You will find hope in so many things by putting your dependence on your AA program the 12 steps, a loving God as you understand him, and your alcoholic group. Wow, the hope is incredible. You can go ahead and take hope, and you can apply it to things like relationships. You can apply it to professional skills. You can apply it to college degrees, financial security. You can have hope in all of those things because this program will absolutely deliver. It guarantees it. It promises it over and over again that you can have these things so long as, so long as you maintain a good spiritual life. It's the critical thing. So hope, the desire in the present time that something will be different in the future is only attainable when someone shares it with me because they have the experience. They know what to do. They have the strength. They know how to do it that they can give me this desire that I can do it too. Without showing someone the path, there is no hope for the alcoholic. There's hope for all kinds of things in this world without a spiritual foundation. And one of the things I like to say in meetings is that the first 11 steps are available to us 
well, in a lot of places, there's religions and spiritual practices, disciplines that all provide us a very, very similar framework for steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. What makes AA different? The reason why Alcoholics Anonymous is so powerful is because under the guidance of a loving God, we carry this message to the alcoholic who still suffers and practice these principles in all our affairs. We maintain a posture by leveraging the tools of the steps, by taking those 11 things that are common in the world. They're not original to any religion or anything like that. They're principles. They are always true. They've always been true. We take these principles and we live them out in our lives. And by doing so, deliver hope, the desire in the moment that the future can be a lot different into that person who is, well, hopeless when they come. So hopelessness somehow powers our hope. We'll say things like the newcomer is the most important person at the meeting. Our traditions hold that the most important thing we do, our primary purpose, the reason to get together and have a meeting any given day, the top reason anyway, is to be there for the alcoholic who still suffers. Our primary purpose is to carry the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. That's the reason to get together. That's the reason to learn the steps. And when you get into the 12th step, you'll find that what really happened was you got trained to give hope to other people. Don't you want that ability? Don't you want the ability to hand out hope to the utterly hopeless? If there's something about alcoholism that really stands out and sets it apart, is there is no other way it doesn't seem to achieve this fantastic way of life that AA delivers. And without each other, well, we have a very hopeless society. So one of the things that we want to finish this off with is this idea, and it comes out of a vision for you on page 153. And I used to think of a vision for you as like a vision for you, <laughs> like not me, right? It's difficult for me to read this and see Bill Wilson talking to me or see AA talking to me because I was hopeless. And he addresses that right off the bat in a vision for you. I think it's like the third page of it when he says, you're going to meet new friends in your own community near you. Alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. There are hopeless alcoholics everywhere. And remember, this was written at a time where AA meetings were needing to be started all over the place. And you can remember that you can always start an AA meeting wherever you're at, too. If you live in a large place, there are hundreds, high and low, rich and poor. These are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with the new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together. And you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey, experience strength and that beautiful thing, that desire for something to be different in the future, that idea right now that I hold on to in the very moment today, that somehow something can be so different in the future. Then you will know what it means to give of yourself, your experience, strength, and hope that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more, but they can because you know what to do, experience. You know how to do it, strength. And you know the path that you can show them how it can be different in the future, hope. Hmm. 
how they can rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness. The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, right? Experience, they can happen with you. Strength, we know the path. Should you wish them above all else? Spiritual attitude, they've got to be the most important things and be willing. You can make an agreement with yourself to make use of whose experience? Our experience, the people that have already done it, the we on those steps. When you see the steps, it says we, it's all written in the past tense, right? It says we did this and we did that. And that's how they achieve long-term sobriety. Hmm. The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. Hope that in the future, they will come. They're not here right now, but we can imagine this right now. They will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. He's almost begging us to be fearless and thorough from the very start right here, isn't he? It's wonderful. Our hope, my hope, the hope of AA, our hope is that when this chip of a book is launched, which we're reading from it, it's been launched on the world tide of alcoholism, defeated drinkers, hopeless people, people that have been to the doctor and the doctor has said, I got nothing for you. Defeated drinkers will seize upon it, will just grab at it, will seize upon it to follow its suggestions. There it is, the strength, the strength. Many, we are sure, will rise to their feet and march on. Hope they will approach still other sick ones and fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet. Heavens for those who must find a way out. Sharing, experience, strength, and hope. So if you're new to AA, I hope that you have hope. Uh, my desire for you is to launch into the idea. Look around your room. Think about this book. Think about what you've read. Think about the possibilities if you're not drinking all the time. What would it be like to have trust with your family back? What would it be like to have all that money you've spent on legal matters back in your pocket? What would it be like to be able to achieve your dreams in education, finances, lifestyle, family? Who knows? What would it be like? And then look around the room, go to a meeting and imagine that. If you're in a meeting right now, imagine this amongst your fellows because it's right there in front of you. Experience what to do, strength, how to do it. Hope, the path to a future that is different than where you're currently at. I hope you guys have a great chance to talk about hope. And if you want to share your hope in the meeting today, because hope meetings are rare, right? They're rare. We spend a lot of time in our experience in meetings. We spend a little bit of time on the strength. But what about the hope, the pathway to success, how the future has turned out different for you? I hope you have a great discussion.